0: Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. On this episode of Social Jello, I'm going to be going over some things as far as martial arts. But before we get started with the episode, let me just get through some of the events or updates. This year, uh, for 2018, I'm going to be changing the format just a little bit. Um, I know I promised that I would try to release two podcasts a month, but that's just not working on my schedule. So I'm going to bring it down to one podcast a month. If for some reason you want to, feel free to email me about it, and I'll try to make you two. But uh, so far, nobody, none of my listeners have really made a big deal about it, uh, How, like, as far as how much I throw out there. So if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother me. Um, again, you can listen to Social Jello with Angelo from my website at www.socialjello.com. I recommend to listen to this as a podcast. I know I do use YouTube. Um, and more power to you if you can sit there for the 30 minutes to an hour where I'm ranting. Um, but honestly, it, 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 the format is intended to be listened to as a podcast either from iTunes, um, or from my website. It's really easy if you have a smartphone, you just go there, you press play, and then you can listen to it on the go. You don't have to be sitting in front of your computer to enjoy the show. Uh, another way you can listen to it is through Last.fm. Um, that's an internet radio station. Also, TuneIn Radio is an app. It's a free app you can download to your phone. It works similar to Pandora. And uh, like I said, it's free. You just uh, download the app and make your account no charge required, and you can listen to my podcast from there as well, making it really simple. All the episodes are there. All right, without any further ado, let's get this show on the road. All right, so for today's episode, we're talking about the MMA versus traditional martial arts And first of all, before we even get started with the dialogue or discussion on this, I just want to bring up this fact that uh, this is mostly a non-martial artist perspective. Most people that look into MMA, or as we call them, fanboys, people that follow MMA, they know all the names of the fighters and all the names of the moves, and a lot of these guys have never actually fought or actually even stepped into a ring but they do have a lot of opinions and they're very open to express them on the internet um, so for those people that listen to it from that perspective I'm not trying to mock you hey great I like the idea that you're following MMA if it wasn't for people like you uh, the sport that I love to do uh, would probably not flourish the way it has so thanks you know thanks for keeping up now for the other for the other half of the people that follow MMA the martial artists the ones that actually have been following MMA from before MMA was even known as, through the UFC, through the first UFC, is going back into Valley Tudo and looking at cage fighting and going even further back into its origins, like when you look at Bruce Lee and how the idea of mixing different styles of martial arts was proposed to be the most effective way of coming into combat. For you guys, and for you ladies, I'm doing this episode. Um... why am I doing this episode? I know I mentioned earlier that I come from a background of psychology. Yeah, you're right. I do. I have a master's in psychology, but if you also saw in the intro, I'm also a martial artist. I've been doing martial arts for over 15 years now, and I'm a certified instructor. I don't like to go on and on about that. I just want to let you know that I'm I'm not just talking out of my ass on this one as far as the topic and, and my thoughts on it. Now, are my opinions on this va- more valid than someone else's opinion? That's up to you. Um, but I just want you to know that I'm not just some sort of talking head talking about martial arts. Um, I've studied... <clears throat> I've, I've stepped into the ring. I've stepped into the ring. I've stepped into the cage. I've done cage fighting. Um, I've done kickboxing. I've done MMA. I do MMA now. Um, I started off in a style known as Khaju which is a, a, a mixed martial art that mixes uh, mixes karate, uh, judo, jujitsu, and boxing, as well as Chinese kenpo or kung fu. They, they, they mix some Chinese techniques in there, uh, and they kind of prepare their students to be able to handle themselves in a, in a street fight. And that's why I, I bring this up, um, the idea that That's the style I come from. I know some people come from different styles. If you follow the Joe Rogan experience, Joe Rogan comes from a Taekwondo background. And then he did some kickboxing and then he moved into uh, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And that's what he does now. Um, For me, I started with Kaju Kambo. I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I went from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, moved to Japan and kind of just focused more on uh, Nogi Jiu-Jitsu. I do not hold a formal rank in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I, I trained, actually, yeah, I didn't even train with a gi. Um, the instructor was from the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu School, um, and we trained no gi. It was kind of a free format that he did at a university, and we would get together and just kind of, uh, he'd he'd go over techniques that were for, you know, practices Brazilian jiu-jitsu practice as well as sparring and I did that for about two years and I did you know we'd, we'd have our sparring we'd do what we'd go over technique and go over sparring but I never really had the ambition to earn another black belt um, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu mostly because nothing against those guys that love to collect black belts like trophies I, I know those guys that's cool hey it takes a lot of dedication to do that um, for me I already earned my black belt and in Kajukenbo, a long time ago, it took a long time uh, to earn that black belt, and I just wasn't interested in uh, <clears throat> in dedicating any more time into mastering all of the techniques in another style. Um, but I, it doesn't mean I don't train in them. Uh, you know, I, I train. I trained in. You know, I I, I enjoy going in and. Uh, and whether it's like, for example, with the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guys, I told him, you know, I, I never told him I had a background in martial arts. I just came in and said, I want to learn some Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. We started rolling. And uh, maybe after our second session, the instructor asked me, OK, so what are the style do you know? And because he can fi- he figured out right away that I had a background in martial arts. I usually don't try to I don't wear it like a badge. You know, I know some people are like, I'm a black belt. I've never been that kind of guy. But what I can say is there is a difference between someone who studied in a martial art and someone who who is just a brawler. I've met those types too. And the brawlers got their own thing going. It essentially doesn't take a long time to be able to take care of yourself on the street. If you know how to throw a good punch, a good jab, a good cross, you can pretty much get through quite a bit of people just right there. If you just start practicing, start punching a punching bag start running to build your cardio that in itself and doing some sparring once a week whether it's just boxing or whether it's uh mma that in itself after a year will start paying off you're gonna be you're gonna have an edge over someone who doesn't train who just talks a lot of shit your average shit talker at the bar you're gonna have an edge on that person uh if you're if you're doing if you're practicing like that if you're if you're doing uh if you're doing full contact sparring or uh, when i say full contact i don't I don't mean like bashing the guy's head in, but what I mean is enough contact where it does hurt, not light contact where you're not allowed to punch the face. You know, If you're, if you're going through the kind of sparring where there's enough contact where you, you can get hurt, but not hurt enough to go to the hospital, or if you make a mistake, you can. Um, if you're doing that kind of sparring, it is going to give you an edge over someone who doesn't do anything. And that can be said about a lot, about any sport, right? Like, if you go to the batting cages and you hit a baseball once a week, twice a week, and you practice catching a ball, chances are, if you went to to go play some baseball or if it was softball, if you went, joined the local league, you know, you'd do better than someone who came in who never did anything, who just came in one day and decided, I'm gonna play baseball today. You're gonna do better than them because you practice. Practice makes perfect. Now, The argument that I see a lot happening, and I really don't think it should be an argument. I don't even think it should be a debate. I think it's kind of stupid to hear people getting upset about this. But there's been this constant question about what is better, MMA or traditional martial arts? And the reason I think it's kind of a funny question is because most of the guys that do MMA have a background in some sort of traditional martial art and now this is where things are gonna get kind of fuzzy some people consider a traditional martial art karate a rink a belt system martial art the kind of system where you have to wear a gi or a Chinese suit now I want to remind everyone that traditional martial arts don't always have to be from Asia wrestling is a traditional martial art it's been around for a very long time all the way back into the days of of, uh, of the gladiators. So when you just look at just wrestling in its backgrounds and how it goes back into Greek Roman wrestling, and and you, you kind of go back and you start realizing that it the term traditional martial art is vague in itself. But when you look at MMA, and you look at a lot of the people that are doing great, like Conor McGregor, um, you Look at people, former champions like uh, Ronda Rousey. You start, you're gonna start finding that a lot of these people had a base in a traditional martial art, right? Ronda had judo, um, uh, McGregor. He he did he did some uh he did some karate when he was a kid. You know, he he, he doesn't cut from karate. Sorry for those people, are, he said karate. Is he one of those weird guys? Okay, I speak Japanese too, so sometimes I say it with the Japanese pronunciation, but either way. Um, they he has a tr- he has a background in a traditional martial art. He did not just decide to jump into MMA. He was doing another martial art, and uh, as a child, he he grew up doing traditional martial arts, and then he moved into MMA as he got older. Um. And a lot of different fighters have this kind of background, where they started with a traditional martial art and then they moved into MMA. If you did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, guess what? You started in a traditional martial art. I know people are like, "Oh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu isn't a tradition." Yes, it is. It's a it's a derivation of Judo, and um, and it's like if you, I'm in Japan now and I look at Judo, and some of the guys that start getting a little bit into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they they are easy to they have the same moves. It's just a different focus, but it's still a belt ranking system. So this idea that it's MMA versus traditional martial art is misleading in itself. And the reason I titled this episode that was to try to get people's general attention to listen in the first place. Because if I would have told you, if I would have titled it, there is no difference between MMA and traditional martial arts, many, many people probably wouldn't even give five seconds to this podcast. So I, I want you to kind of really think about the definition of what a traditional martial art is. And now that we can kind of have that, and again, I guess maybe this is my psychology background. In psychology, we always talk about before we can have a discussion about a topic, we need to make sure that, that we're clear on what we're talking about. What are our definitions? What's our operational definition? And what is it? So my, So what I'm trying to get at right now is that MMA and traditional martial arts are essentially the steps in the same thing. Many people start in traditional martial arts and then move into MMA, um, and some, even some people, uh, with the way things are going, but no, there's really no other way to get around that. I was going to say, okay, well, some people jump in an and go through an MMA gym, do MMA, and then later get into a traditional martial art and earn a, ba- earn a belt or earn a rank or earn a certificate to become a teacher in some sort of style. But when you think about that, when they go to the MMA school, their coaches, their instructors, they're going to come from a traditional martial art. They're either going to come from Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or they're going to be coming, most likely, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or Muay kickboxing. And Muay kickboxing is also a traditional martial art. If you go to Thailand, that is their traditional martial art. It goes back ages. So this is not a new discussion. Um, I, This all started a long time ago. The people used to argue back in the day in the US when Bruce Lee first came onto the scene and tried to bring in Kung Fu into the open karate tournaments, they were saying that's not traditional martial arts. What Bruce Lee is doing is something different, it's new. But even Bruce Lee came from about two years of Wing Chun training, and he was still mixing traditional martial art techniques. So unless someone comes in, I guess the only way we can actually say that it would be something that's not traditional martial arts is if you had someone who never trained in absolutely anything, maybe they just lifted weights and ran, and uh, and they hit a bag without a coach, and if that person jumped in and started fighting um, without a coach, which is really rare, But they started competing, then that person is not coming from a traditional martial art background because they don't have a coach and they taught themselves. And there is those prodigies out there. But uh, Bruce Lee wasn't really one of those guys either. He, he did a lot of studying. and he'd, he'd, he's, He cross-trained with a lot of p- different instructors to pick up techniques to expand his own method for his martial art that he was trying to develop. Now back then, people were ma- making the same argument. Like it wasn't MMA versus traditional martial arts; it was karate versus kung fu. Which is the best? Is it karate or kung fu? Kung fu seems to have blah blah blah, and and karate has the best. Blah, blah, blah. And, that, and that was the argument back then. And then a little later, you go into the '80s when uh, when kickboxing hit the scene, and a lot of a lot of a lot of these martial artists. Back then, they were doing karate, and now they were doing some of Bruce Lee's stuff, and they were studying the Jeet Kune Do methods, and they were doing more kung fu. Now, the argument was, oh, no, kickboxing. It's about kickboxing. Kickboxing is better than these quote-unquote traditional martial arts, because kickboxing is a competitive martial art. And you saw people like Van Dam coming out of the scene, um, who did American freestyle karate, and that's where American freestyle karate kind of came in, and um, and they started getting more into kickboxing, in the in the general sense. You have people like uh, Benny, um, Benny Rodriguez, and he came from a kempo background, and he also he also did some kajukenbo as well, but um, but he was originally one of Ed, one of I think Ed Parker's students. I might be wrong on that, but he does come from a kempo background. And he transitioned into kickboxing and, and the argument back then when he, when he was in his prime and became a champion was, well, what's better? Is it kickboxing or, you know, or is it traditional martial arts, traditional Kempo? That should be where it's at. And You did good in kickboxing because you're a traditional Kempo. But, you know, again, this idea that uh, this is not a new debate. Uh, once MMA started formulating in the 90s, started seeing pride fighting, then people started saying, whoa, like, like, hey, MMA is where it's at. And when, when it first started, grapplers were just, just reducing the competition to nothing. There wasn't a lot of strikers in the beginning of MMA. Everyone that was doing very well was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu or wrestling. And the wrestlers were doing such a great job because they learned how to do weight cuts. The first, I should mention, in the beginning of MMA, it was Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a few strikers, some odd strikers cuz you did they there was no rules and they weren't wearing any gloves. But as the UFC started implementing more rules, once you started seeing a, a version of the UFC that you see now with that, those kind of rules where uh, where they were started wearing MMA gloves, uh, there there were no longer there were weight classes when they added weight classes. <laughs> it wasn't just a one long fight with no rounds to winner takes all. Um, when they broke it down to what you see today with the two, three rounds, I believe five minutes each, depending on the, depending on the, if it's a championship match or not. Um, when they broke it down to what you see now, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling, once the weight classes came in, those are the two styles that really predominated. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of the nature of its sparring and its, its full contact nature as far as techniques that are effective and practicing at your hardest every time and wrestling for the same reasons and also because they learned how to do weight cuts. Uh, they, they learned wrestlers are really good at being able to cut a mass amount of weight in a short period of time and because of that they're able to get a competitive edge when when they started up and and that's what really brought what you see today. It took a little while for the the strikers to come around, but now you're starting to see strikers coming up again. And um, if you're a UFC fan, you already know who these guys are. Um, you know, McGregor being one of them. But again, back to the question at hand. So what's better, MMA or traditional martial arts? I think most of the beef isn't really coming from the MMA community. Uh, some not, I would say not from the people that practice MMA, because most of the people that practice MMA are just really looking at what's gonna work and what's not. Um, If they practice MMA they're look, maybe a lot of them have a background already in traditional martial arts, so they're no longer interested in sitting in a horse stance for practice. They've already done that. They're looking at just going in, using what they know. Uh, They wanna warm up on some mitts and they wanna do some grappling to warm up and then they wanna go in and start sparring and and mix it up, do some MMA sparring uh, with some submissions and some striking or maybe do some kickboxing where it's a little harder with a bigger glove and then do some some no-gi jujitsu uh, if you don't know what no-gi jujitsu is it's pretty much uh, grappling um, without wearing a gi you, you wear a rash guard and uh, this changes the way wrestling or grappling is done and that's pretty much how most of these MMA guys train, and I can cons- when I talk when I talk about the MMA community, these are the guys I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the guys who are online uh, with tap out logos as their profile pictures um, and their fanboys at MMA. I'm talking about people who actually practice MMA. And most of the people that practice MMA, if they see a, a, a traditional martial art, they're since they have a background in traditional martial arts already, as I mentioned, they're not really looking forward to sitting down. In a kid's class, going over traditional martial arts. Many of them are not. Some of some of them are. Most of them are not. Most of them are over it. That's what they're doing in MMA now. But at the same time, um, many of them don't exactly hate traditional martial arts. In fact, a lot of MMA guys, when they have children, immediately they're not going to put their kid in an MMA gym. They know that that's like that's like throwing someone who doesn't know anything and going straight, having a kid go, and that's another debate in itself. I'll put an article in the notes about whether kids should be doing MMA. But, you know, just going straight into MMA, you know, most of these guys don't do that. Most of the guys that do MMA will put their kid in a judo class or a taekwondo class or a traditional martial art to get them started. Because it's a great way to start. I mean, you can't just start from nothing. You know, you, you have to be able to to come in and, and learn with a base. So yeah, I mean, even the MMA guys, will, will, or, and women, <laughs> they, they when they have children, they'll start them off in a traditional martial art with a belt system. Um, it's a great base to have, it's a good place to start. Um, so again, it, it's not really that kind of debate. The people that I see making the biggest deal of this are the traditional martial artists. And I know, because I'm technically a traditional martial artist. And I also know, because I, I remember before I started doing MMA, I'm guilty of saying stuff like, "Oh, that MMA stuff would never work. If I could eye gouge, it would be over. I can eye gouge the guy. It's the rules. I don't like, you know, those MMA rules are nice, but it's not, it's not really replicating a real fight. Um, a real fight mm, would include elbows and headbutts and biting and scratching. And if I could do those things, it would give me an edge over any MMA fighter. But here's the thing the MMA fighter in a street fight can do the same stuff. Gouging someone's eye is not necessarily something that you can practice. Because just because it's in your form, just because gouging someone's eye is in your form, doesn't mean that when you actually get in a fight, you're going to have the reaction time needed to gouge someone's eyes. That's actually pretty hard to get such a small area so if the person's quicker and stronger than you you're not gonna get a chance to gouge them in the eye. Now if you train hard and you're the kind of person that's really crazy and you have a dummy doll and you're sitting there all day long poking the eye, poking the eye, poking the eye, poking the eye (laughs) and then maybe you just might be able to gouge their eye. (laughs) I'm not gonna give that, I'm not gonna take that away from you but at the same time I'm not gonna lie and say that just because you can't do certain techniques in MMA and that are that are shown in, mar- in uh, traditional martial arts, just because you have that, that's not gonna exactly give you a distinct advantage. And another thing is that if you do a traditional martial art and that's all you do and you never spar and you're one of those uh, obsessed with form warriors that believe you are undefeatable because you're really good at forms, uh, it's gonna be a rude awakening if you get into a fight with an MMA person because they're just gonna come at you so aggressively and you've never done any sparring, which is gonna be really difficult. To defend yourself against a strong opponent who's very aggressive, who knows how to cover up and can take a hit, um, it's really different. Or if you're someone who's really used to point sparring, popping someone once and stopping the fight, it's going to be really different if that person go, runs up to you and grabs you and starts punching you, and and more than once, and there's no way to, no ref to protect you, no ref to back, no nobody to help you out. So that's that's where it's a little different. Um, now does that mean traditional martial arts are useless they're not i told you i said it earlier they're a great base to start it's a great it's a great place to get a good foundation which will give you an edge over your normal average person but once you step into the ring and i told you earlier about how all these people have a background in some sort of traditional martial art you're not really talking about your basic person off the street. You're talking about someone who trained. And even if you do traditional martial arts, okay, let's say you do traditional martial arts, can you seriously say, say that you've walked in and you've never lost one fight, not one sparring session? You are just, you're like an immaculate god who's never been defeated, ever. If you can say yes to that question, All right. Then I can't argue with you. Cool. As an individual, you have surpassed most people. But I can say from my personal experience that I'm not the kind of martial artist that is trying to create an image of someone who's undefeatable. I'm not here to lie to someone. When I started martial arts, my my search was for the truth. What is the most effective way to defend myself? That's why I started martial arts. I started martial arts because of being brought up in a dangerous neighborhood. And I wanted to know how to defend myself against aggressive people with weapons that would try to jump you. And they, sh- I learned a-, a great martial art that does that. Now, Now again, we can flip this question. Does MMA prepare you to fight multiple opponents? The answer to that is no. MMA prepares you to fight one, one-on-one fights, and if you're really strong and you're really good, you can do multiple opponents, but unless you practice against multiple opponents, then it's going to be tough. This is why gang members, gang members, they actually practice against multiple opponents. That's, that's what, what, what society calls jumping someone. Is what gang members practice like for fun on a Saturday they drink a bunch of beer one of their guys gets in the middle of of all of them and they all start trying to beat him up and whoever can last the longest is the winner and ultimately everybody gets beat up a little bit but these gang members learn how to fight multiple opponents and also they learn how to work as a team to fight like three-on-one two-on-ones gang members do this stuff And that's something that I've never seen in an MMA gym. Maybe some MMA gyms do do that, but it would be kind of taking away from what they're trying to focus on, which is a one-on-one fight in a gauge. So again, I'm not trying to answer the question and say traditional martial arts or MMA is the answer. Again, it's going back to your training. What are you doing in your training? If in your training you're practicing against multiple opponents, then the chances of you being able to survive an encounter against multiple opponents is higher than someone who never has. Who's never practiced that? Anything you know, anything you learn when you start sparring and fighting against multiple opponents, is you start practicing not so much winning a fight, but knowing when it's time to call it quits and it's time for a quick retreat. Like, what are you fighting for? If you're if you're fighting to protect someone, then once you've protected the people that you want to protect and got them out of the situation, getting them out of the situation is going to be your priority. You might not be able to defeat everybody, but if you can get out of a dangerous situation, that's where it's at when it comes to self-defense on the street. And that's where traditional martial artists—that's where some of them have a—that's where some of them do have a point as far as MMA, where some people think that because they do MMA, suddenly they can—they can be a Herculean, uh, what? <laughs> they can be like the Hulk and, and take on anyone. And um, and maybe they can. Who knows? Hey, if you tra- if, you're, if you're yoked enough and you train hard enough, you that might be you. But for the average person, probably not. So that again, in the in the debate between MMA versus traditional martial arts, I kind of want to throw out the idea that these two things should even be debated. There's strong and weak points on each side of the argument, and it really depends on the individuals involved as far as how effective it will be for them. And that's why you see, but I, I kind of wish, like when I'm looking on posts online, I kind of want, I kind of wish MMA, MMA, that I wish some people in the MMA community or the fans would kind of back off some of the, on, on back off on picking on traditional martial artists and their practices. Like there's this, uh, on Facebook, you can check out this page called Dumbass Martial Arts And it's constantly showing funny clips of some martial arts instructor going over something that looks stupid and completely ineffective. But sometimes, when I watch the video, it's not stupid and it's not ineffective. And it actually makes sense what he's showing. But it's just the average person who's never done martial arts looks at the practice and doesn't get it. And then they say it's stupid or this guy's an idiot or this is funny. Um, And they go on there and start trolling him. And then at this, you know... And it's kind of sad because, you know, there's actually some pretty good techniques in there. It's just the average person wouldn't know what to look for. And I flipped that, and I kind of wish I would stop seeing traditional martial artists saying stuff like, these MMA guys don't know what they're talking about. They're not learning any respect or any honor and blah, blah, Because I've met MMA guys and women. I've met MMA people who do... I've, I've met ladies uh, I've, and guys, guys, women and men. I've met people who do MMA, who do have a lot of respect, who do have a lot of honor. Um, it might be the community I'm in. I mean, I'm in Japan, so everybody's kind of respectful of each other out here and very polite. But uh, overall, I've, I've I've found some really great people in MMA as well. So it's kind of sad when I, when I hear that these two people are fighting or arguing over which one's more effective or which one's the best. Um, because really... Uh, it, it co- again, it comes down to the individual. I've met dis- I've met dishonorable people in MMA, and I've met dishonorable people in traditional martial arts as well. That has to do with character. I don't think that has to do with the style. Bad people and good people are everywhere. So keep that in mind uh, when you start thinking about this stuff. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments, feel free to shoot off on the comment section either on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter. If you ever want to discuss something, send me a message. Uh, If you want me to cover a topic, let me know. If you want me to interview you, if you uh, are an expert in some sort of field, we'll talk, we'll chat. Hit me up. Either way, I hope you all have a great week. And uh, don't forget to check out the notes for some of more articles on what I just covered today. Catch you all later. Peace.